cash call, everybody. Dale Archdeacon, Brian Curtis, back for another episode. Man, we've been doing this for like over three years now, I think. So I actually moved to Colorado in October of 19. So in 2018, we were doing this. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> we've been like... doing it a, a long time. We should be doing like a session count or a, a episode count. We don't even have an episode count. I don't even know what it is. We've got to figure that out, man. There's probably some very, very much milestone type episodes coming up that we're just not even aware of. We're just here. The same thing that we tell you to do. You show up every day, do the same thing you're supposed to do, and you'll get results, right? So. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Um, so I got a couple of calls to listen to, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that, or I have one call that we're going to listen to, As do so I. we can, we can go ahead and jump in there and start talking about that public service announcement. If you guys aren't going to follow up boss FubCon in November, you definitely want to get signed up for that to go check it out. There's going to be some awesome speakers and content. Brian Curtis's company, Osiris is going to be there as one of the exhibitors uh, that you guys should check out, which is an awesome plugin for follow up boss. Um, and yours truly will be there. And uh, you know what, Brian, we came up with today, we're planning out like doing the event. And I think we're going to have champagne and selfies in our booth at the end of each day's content. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil the surprise. But let's just say there's going to be cool props that you can get your selfie with in our booth if you come to FubCon. In I love it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And uh, you know what I think would be cool is you should have people take a picture on the first day of FubCon and then on the third day of FubCon. <laughs> <laughs> right. When, they're, when they look like zombies, right? Well, you know, there's a tendency in Vegas to have a little bit of fun. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So yes. Uh, real quick, Dale, you might want to turn on the chat real quick so we can get that oh, yeah. going as we go ahead and get started. And uh, Thank you for I, reminding me. Yeah, well, I have to admit, I just saw it in the Q&A. So anyway, without any further ado, we'll get that going. Uh, would you like to play your call first? Would you like me to play mine first? Yeah, I'll do mine first. And by the way, everybody uh, who's actually live on Zoom with us, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why. I think Zoom must have changed something. The default when we start this webinar is the chat is locked down, and I always forget. So what we should, and my marketing manager isn't here to remind me. So chat is fixed. You guys can chat in. You should say, Brian's beard looks amazing today. And I'll get started on my call over here. There you go, Eric Mountain Bear. This is amazing. Appreciate that, Eric. You got one vote of confidence for that beard. I might, I might have to shave it off after that. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna get into this. Let's let's hear what happened. I was just reaching out because I saw you were on one of our websites looking at some homes. So I wanted to call and check in. Were you thinking about making a move soon? Or were you just browsing? Uh, uh, a little clunky. He got the script in there, right? So this is one of the things I want to say to everybody. Listen to your calls. This, this guy's actually very good. Dale and I were listening to this in the green room. He's a good age or ISA, whatever. A good salesperson. Let's call it that. And But be careful you don't sound sing-songy or, you know, Chris Voss talked about like the midnight radio voice there was a little bit of midnight radio voice going on there i'm not sure that that's really what we want when right. we're talking to somebody for the first time so right um i was actually just browsing gotcha what what kind of had you starting to look around a little bit i don't like that question personally especially when somebody's like just browsing so i talk about we we teach three solid questions that people can choose from. 
um, because we're salespeople, right? And no lead ever forgets that we're salespeople. And if I ask you, hey, what had you thinking about uh, making a move or looking around? I mean, it's a decent discovery question. But yeah. if you're already a little bit resistant to me and you know I'm a salesperson, which they never forget, it's going to kind of sound like, hey, let me figure out how to sell you something here, right? Tell me your motivation. People are like, eh, salesperson, I don't want to get into my motivation with you, right? So instead, some of the three easy questions that we teach are, got it, what neighborhoods are you interested in? Or what towns are you interested in? Like, what areas are you looking at? That, that's a simple, straightforward question. Or do you currently own or are you renting? Or do you currently live in the area or are you relocating? So all of those are very neutral questions that don't really give away or remind somebody that we're a salesperson and we're supposed to sell them something. Yeah. And Dale, what you, you know, we did an entire show on this and basically what we're doing is we're chunking up a level and here's what we're doing. We're going from this to let's ask current state questions. In other words, no one's offended by, how oh, do you currently live in the area? No, I don't. Okay, great. There's no pressure in that. Like there's, if you right. say yes, or you say no, there's no wrong answer there. There's no, right. oh, that now he's going to hammer me. And, you know, do you currently own or do you currently rent? Once yep. again, so these current tense questions, and it was great. I mean, I got to give Dale full credit for this. He pointed that out to me and I, I would ask the questions. I just didn't necessarily know the logic behind it, but what we determined, and we did a show, show on this, is just, hey, current tense questions relieve pressure and allow us to have conversations. And that's what we want, because step one is really to build some rapport, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's. Uh, so we'll, why, don't we, why don't we talk about that for the audience that's here? So it's the difference between uh, future tense, present tense, past tense questions. And so uh, if you can just be aware of them, which what Brian is pointing out is, yeah, present tense questions tend to be right now easy to answer, and a lot of times are no pressure. So let's look at a, a future tense question. That would be like, when do you want to be moved into your new home, right? Oh, crap, That's I don't a, know. <laughs> right. That's a future tense question. Uh, which agent are you going to buy a house with? That's a future uh, tense question. Yeah, exactly. And past tense. So he asked a past tense question that was asking about motivation. What had you interested in looking around, right? Or what's making you want to look around? So the past tense questions also, um, those they tend to be the motivation questions. This comes up a lot. A, a good example is in expireds. Hey, Brian, I see your house didn't sell. Do you still want to get it sold? No. Oh, got it. What made you want to sell your home in the first place? It's so clear. I'm trying to drag you back to your motivation so I can reignite it for you that the lead goes, no, 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 salesperson, you're not going to do that. I'm already here in the future now and I'm not going backwards and you're not going to use it against me. And yep. you create your resistance by asking that. Yeah. So, and, and here's, you know, I'm going to piggyback on what Dale's saying. Once we've built rapport, then we can ask those past tense questions and future tense questions. And yes. eventually we need to ask those. We can't just hang out in the current tense. It, it, right. it's, it's great for conversation, but really doesn't move our, move us forward. So, right. you know, because, and here's the great thing. A lot of time, a current tense question can lead you like so my favorite one is oh you know Dale out of curiosity are you renting or are you owning you know I rent a house oh perfect you know what do you like about your current house I'm still asking a current tense question what do you like about your current house but the great part about it is now they're telling me stuff and yeah it, it's also it's just one little tiny slightly amount more pressure but again oh you know I love the area it's great and my, you know we got two bedrooms and my kids each have their own bed da, da, da. great perfect okay awesome you know it so 
the current tense questions really kind of let you build rapport and forward. Yeah, absolutely. Unless it's a present tense question, like, what are you wearing? You know, like that's- Well, uh, let's not be weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't make it weird. Right? That's a good rule. Um, yep, really looking around. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no real interest. Um, I know the market for sellers is uh, pretty hot right now. Um, but you know, for buyers, it kind of sucks. I know the market for sellers is really hot right now, but for buyers, it sucks. Okay. Now here's my perspective on this. I know what happens next. And here's what I would say. How does this late, like, uh, I want to, we're going to listen to what happens next. And I don't think this is what should have happened. Let me play it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was kind of. I would say, yeah, that was the case a few months ago. Um, right now, we're actually seeing a lot of power to the buyers, just because the inventory is hopping up so much. Um, Two thirds of homes on the market last month actually had a price reduction. Here's what I I don't think that should have happened. He sounds decent when he says those things, but one, why did she say that? Two, why does she care? And three, where did she get her information from? That and was a question four, I was wondering. What does it mean to her, right? So this agent, although he articulated information well, and most salespeople listening to this would be like, oh, he did a good sales job because he educated that lead. I think that he could have done a better job with one of those four things that I said he doesn't know, right? Him making that statement of, Putting what he knows out there or what he thinks out there didn't gain him anything. He mm -hmm. should do a little bit more investigation with that woman first. What do you think, Brian? So one of my favorite things to say, and I said it earlier and around, around a similar situation, is telling isn't selling. So let me talk about the good thing he, he just did here. He clearly has market knowledge. And, right. you know, I love the fact, now I will say this because I pointed this out during our role play this morning too. I asked somebody had days on market and they said 45 days. Here's the thing. If it's exactly 45 days, use 45 days. But if it's 46, use 46. If it's 48, use why? Because 45 sounds like some shit I made up. 30 yep. days, two months, exactly. No, there's 51 days of inventory in my market right now. You believe me because I didn't say there's a month of inventory. So right. be careful with things like two-thirds of the homes, okay? 68% of homes on the market last month did a price reduction, significantly better information than two-thirds. It's basically the same exact thing, but significantly better. Now, I'm going to come back to, to what Dale's point was, though, is we've got to get a little bit deeper and ask this person. I, I love the question, you know, hey, out of curiosity, Dale, um, what, what makes you believe that it's such a strong seller's market? Yeah, I want I want to know where they're getting their information from, and I want to get some information from them, and and then I can turn around and go, oh, well, that's really interesting, and and then follow through with that. Yeah, or even how about this? I'm gonna that sounds all good, and I want to play this, and then how about I'll play it, and then I'll say what I would do, and, we'll, and then we'll play it again, and you can do what you would do, um, okay. just to give these people options, right? Yeah, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that, that looking around. <laughs> um, yep, really looking around. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no real interest. Um, I know the market for sellers is uh, pretty hot right now, um, but you know, for buyers, it kind of sucks. 
Oh, got it. So it's hot for sellers, but sucks for buyers is the information that you've gotten. So how does that impact what you're thinking about doing? Mm -hmm. So, right? yeah, they'll acknowledge and affirm. He repeated it back to him or her. And then he just asked the next simple, the next logical question. So, yeah, exactly. Do you want to do it, Brian? No, or we're good. I, no, we're good. Basically, you know, good. I'm going to say okay. the same thing. I'm going to probably, I like what out of curiosity and I would say, Hey, out of curiosity, what does that mean to you? Very simple question. So, and here's the, I will say this, if you get stuck, don't say this 10 times during a conversation, but if you get a little bit stuck with a question like this, well, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yep. Get them to elaborate a little bit more if you're stuck. Cause sometimes you're like, oh crap, I don't know what to say here. Hey, would you tell me a little bit more about that? You're coming from interest. You're coming from curiosity. No one's going to get pissed off about it. And it really can give you some more information as we move forward. So, yeah. Uh, another alternative there could have been, oh, got it. So were you thinking of buying or selling or both? Right. Right. Like, how is this? It? Like, what decisions are you going to make or how is this information impacting you? I haven't heard what's next. I want to hear what happens after he did his, like, oh, cool. educate, after he did his info dump on her. Okay. Meaning, you know, it's a, it's a good time to buy if it's something that you've been thinking about doing. Is that, you know, something that may spark your interest a little bit? Um, so that was a close. He basically closed her there. Closed right? pretty hard there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So now she's considering it. Um, maybe. I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. I was just um, really kind of browsing. Um, I know I was really browsing um, in the, I'm not sure where you're calling from, but I was really browsing like in the Julian area. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was just kind of really browsing. I wasn't really... I, you know, it really didn't really have any, like, you know, intentions. It was just. Yeah. So now we're stuck on, do you want to buy or not? Right. Yeah. Um, because he put that such to such a sharp close right there. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, you can hear the guy's sales skill. Uh, you can hear that he has, he's a salesperson. Right. Yeah. Great. And you know, what's funny, Brian, I don't know if you agree with this, but it's like, the older, the, or not older, the more experienced we get, the more experienced I get as a salesperson and as a sales trainer, the more it's like the less I close, the less I push somebody to a decision until it's like you are at the end of the spear and I just need to push a little more and I'm going to make the sale happen. You know what I mean? Um, but slowing, like pulling back on those closes, man, just not closing less and almost like having the conversation with somebody where you know you see two like sumo wrestlers how they kind of like dance around until it's the right moment and then they come together yeah like one of those kind of things with your sales and here like i i can just hear how green or or you know young uh, newer this agent is this salesperson is at selling and because he kind of went in for the kill so early there, it was like a minute 45 into this conversation. And the woman said really had no interest and was just looking. And he basically kind of tied her down into a buying close, um, which I don't think he should have done there. I think he could have backed off it a little bit more, understood what she was looking to do or where her head was at before doing that. Well, and here's the thing. He put himself in that corner, though. And I understand why I went where he went and I could see people going there. So, you know, I. I we don't know if this person's an owner or a renter, which is a huge difference. 
I would say that that matters more in this market than any other market I've ever worked in. Here's why. Because if you bought a house two years ago, you got a three and a half percent interest rate. If you bought a house three years ago, you got a four and a half percent. So, and then there's a real good chance that you bought a house five or six, seven years ago, you refied it into one of those interest rates, right? Yeah. So if you own a house, it's really challenging to say, hey, Dale, I know you own a house and I know it fits your needs, but what you should do is sell that house, buy a similar house and pay an extra $500 a month. That's a hard pitch, right? The yeah, only right. people who are buying houses right now who are the, and it's kind of nice for people like me who like to work this, don't like the chaos that was 2021, is people have needs. So my family size changed, my locate, I needed to relocate. Yeah. You know, those are the people who are buying houses right now. They have actual needs, not, oh, what the hell? Let's go look at houses. I can buy one for two and a half percent. That's right. what 2021 was. And so now we have to be a little bit more skilled than we had to be 12 months ago. And again, it's really hard to say to somebody, hey, I know you've got a 2.75% interest rate, but I can get you a great deal at six and a half. <laughs> That's a hard close, right? It so, is. Yeah. so we've got to do deeper discovery, find out what people's motivation is, find out if there's an actual problem to solve. That's probably the biggest difference. Like I've always said this for years, the only way to have a closing is in, in any kind of sale is to have a problem. And then the salesperson solves the problem. And then we have, then we have a transaction. Yep. The funny thing was that wasn't true the last couple of years. The last couple of years, it was just opportunity. Right. So you know, just something to think about as we move forward. You have to do better discovery, so you, so you're, you know, you've got more pieces to the puzzle. So anyway, I got a little long-winded there. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what kind of call do you have for us? So I've got a call that you can tell my agent has been trained. That being said, you can also tell that they probably need a little bit more practice. And so there's some good things that happen and then there's some less good things that happen. And uh, but it's it's a it's a good opportunity. We set the appointment so we didn't mess that up. But there's a lot of potentially little missed things here. So um, I will go ahead and share my screen and play this call. I don't know which one I shared. Crap. <laughs> Do you ever feel like, uh, you know, you just get a little tech tarted by this time of the day so, so yeah all right we'll try this again give me a thumbs up if you can hear it well how are you well i am doing fine oh they're just sending all kinds of information um i will say this this is a zillow lead it's very okay it's very quiet did you share your sound yeah i did yeah it's super quiet for some reason oh. uh here we go. Um, I'll start over. I think I thought, I think I saw Richard, Richard Larkin said very faint sound. Thank you, Richard. Try this. You doing well. How are you? There we go. Well, I am doing fine. Oh, they're just sending all kinds of information. Um, I'm a local agent in Northwest Arkansas, so I can show you any home here. Um, so let me say this. I like that statement. I don't like it there. No, I don't I like do, it there. I do like that. So in here, let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. So when you're dealing with Realtor.com, Zillow, Homes.com, these portals, one of the things that's happening is now they're all going through concierge mm -hmm. and they, th they thought the first phone call they had was a real estate agent. And then they get transferred to somebody else and they're like, okay, is this an agent or is this just another person who's going to try and, you know, another ISA? which is one of the reasons right. I do not believe in going from ISA to ISA because you lost me. I barely okay. wanted to talk to the first person. Now you sent me <laughs> to a second ISA. We're done. 
So yeah. those of you who are watching, consider that when you're when you're got that. But my point is letting them know that you're a local agent is good. Just maybe the the process might be a little bit smoother. So yeah. They said that there was one that you were interested in going to tour. Uh, it's on East Blue Stone Drive. And is this the first house you've looked at? The first house you've looked at? Uh, no. Yes. So I'm going to say this once again, I don't hate that question. I just don't like it there. No. And I don't know why we're doing the weight of death here. Uh, that's what I'm going to call it for now. I, I'm going to call it I, I, the weight of death. Uh, that, that's I've just coined that phrase where you're sitting there trying to look up the property when you shouldn't be doing it anyway. You should be setting the appointment and qualifying this lead because you can then unset the appointment if it's sold or not available or no showings or I don't IDGAF what the situation is with that house. I'll let you piece that out. IDGAF. <laughs> okay. I got it. Okay, good. Just set the GD appointment. Right. And, and, you know, so really, let's talk about this real quick. Here's your intro script. Hey, Dale, this is Brian. Glad to meet you today. It looks like you're made an inquiry on property at 123 Main Street. When would you like to go take a look at that? That Realtor.com Zillow sign call, basically bottom of the funnel, do that. I yeah. normally add this as well, or are there any questions I can answer for you? I will give them that option. So it's just a little bit softer, but you've got to ask them. And Dale I don't them. like that one. So I don't like the questions. I teach people not to do that only because I don't want to invite you to ask a question I can't answer and then reveal the fact that I'm not the listing agent, if that's the case. And, and very valid point. The reason that I'm very willing to ask it on the flip side is the majority of the time, there's so much information out there nowadays that they generally don't have a lot of those questions. Now, again, can it bite you? Absolutely. So go whichever way you want. I won't argue with Dale on this. I could, I definitely see his very valid point that you could put yourself in a box you can't get yourself out of. And I so. want to point out, I liked the script that you have your agents add, which is, hi, Brian, this is so-and-so with real estate, whatever real estate. Uh, I'm, I'm, a re I'm a licensed agent here and wherever. Uh, Zillow uh, said you're interested in this property. When would you like to go see it? Right. Yeah. So, you know, pointing out I am the licensed agent who's going to be showing this to you, I think is a really good thing to stick in that initial script. Yeah. Again, because they're getting passed to ISAs all over the planet now. This wasn't five years ago that that script didn't matter because there right. was very, very, very few ISAs and Zillow didn't have ISAs. Now everybody's got a freaking ISA and they're all trying to fight that. So yep. let them know that they finally got to talk to somebody they actually wanted to talk to. Right. <laughs> all right. East Stone Blue Drive. Is that what you said? Oh East Blue Stone Drive. Yeah. Blue Stone. Ugh. I got my mouth mixed up. A little more weight of death here. Weight of death. And have you been looking for homes for long? A little bit. Uh, pause it. Can you hear that tone in her voice? That tone was, can we just get the goddamn appointment scheduled already? That's what I wanted to do. I'm not trying to make a new friend here. Yes. And, and I, I love Dale's point there. And I'm going to piggyback on it and say, look, when they call you, set the appointment, and then it's really easy to ask questions after that because yeah. they're happy they got what they wanted. 
Right. You know, we were back in the day, there were these things called sign calls, Brian. And back in the day when people would call your sign and and you would, you know, pick up the call or uh, it would you would do floor duty. Right. Where you get a call coming in and they're like, I'm looking at one, two, three Main Street. How much is it? And we would do everything we possibly could not to tell them how much it was so that we could have a conversation because then they would be like, oh, that's too much. OK, goodbye. Click. It doesn't work that way anymore. Right. So that logic back then was don't give them the one thing they're looking for so you can keep them there and talk to you. Now it's give them the one thing they're looking for so you can ask your questions and they'll answer them. Right. Law of reciprocity, right? I gave you something. Will you please give me something in return? Yeah. Very simple concept. I said, you know, when you give them that appointment, I think maybe psychologically they know you can take that appointment away if they don't answer those questions. It's different than if I give you the price. If you call and you ask me for the price, you now have the price. I can't take it away from you. But if you call and I give you an appointment, I can give it and I can take it away, right? So you better stick around and answer my questions. Absolutely. All right, let's play another. This isn't a real long call, but we'll we'll play a little bit more of it and see where it ends up. I'm pulling this up to see what I can see. Have you been working with an agent or just calling different people? You know, I just I just make appointments. Okay, so let me point something else out. Don't give them one of the possible answers. <laughs> when you ask a question, don't give them one of the answers ever. It, you just hey, have you been looking at a lot of houses? Do you have an agent? Whatever your question is, don't say do you have an agent or you know da da da. da. Don't give them the answer. Let them right. answer. Because the more they're talking, the better you're doing. And when you give them the answer, you can end up with short questions. So don't answer their question for them. Did you hear what she answered? I just set the appointments. Can you just set the goddamn appointment? She's a little frustrated. You'll continue to hear that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, when you want to tour. I got you. Well, I can show you any house in Arkansas, so... Okay, cool. Can you show me this one? Easier to have one person. If you want to work with me, I can. I'll send you my information. Okay. So you can. Yeah. So okay, I see that this house on. Brian, is this? Flex? And it looks like it just was reduced in price a little bit, about twenty thousand dollars. So. Um, bluestone. Four bedrooms, three full baths, one one half bath. On- Here's another thing, and, and and this is where I'm going to stop playing this call. You do not. And by the way, we finally did set the appointment. It's five o'clock on Thursday tomorrow, and, and so that's a good thing. But ultimately, this frustrates me more than anything else. Of all the things that frustrate me, when you start reading the data out of the MLS. That's the exact same data that's in Zillow in case any agent would really surprise me if they don't know this. 100% of the data on Zillow now comes from the MLS because they're a member of the MLS and they get that feed. So literally sitting there reading it, it's like you're reading off the same, you know, it's kind of like, I I don't know how you feel about this, Dale, but one of the things that frustrates the crap out of me, if I go to a presentation by somebody, a sales president, you know, something, and they're, and they did PowerPoint slides and all they do is read the PowerPoint slides. It's like, (laughs) just send me the slides. I'll read them and I can, I can save myself an hour and a half. That's the same thing that we're doing here. Don't read the information. They know it. 
this sales is about asking questions. Right. And the person asking questions is the person that's in charge. And the, that person is the person who's going to win the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, what happens there is, you know, that's some old school sales stuff that I'm hearing. Uh, and I think that this uh, agent just needs some more updated training. Uh, yeah, she, doesn't know what, she doesn't know what to say. That's why she's reading the stats on the house. Um, and that's not something that you need to do. All right. It looks like there's a comment in the thing. Go ahead and read it, Brian. Okay, so Lena. Lena says, you want to make sure the lead understands you are not the listing agent. If not, an appointment you'll get. So are you working with the listing agent? What is the best way? Okay, so I'm not 100% sure what that question means. Uh, well, um, Lena wrote, you want to make sure the lead understands you are not the listing agent. Disagree. Uh, I disagree fully <laughs> here also, Lena. I think uh, Lena's newer and, uh, you know, she wrote in here, if not on an appointment, you'll get, so you are working for listing agent uh, name, right? Uh, so no, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want them to, to, you don't want to point out that you're not the listing agent. Uh, if I, so let's say I set an appointment. Yeah, hey, I'll show you that house on whatever street. I do some discovery with you. I get your who, where, when, why, what, and how much. Um, and then I show up there. I see you, I show you the property, Lena, if you were like, oh, so you're working with so-and-so, I'd say, no, I'm a buyer agent. I would represent you if you decided to make an offer on this property, right? Yes. And, and so I would, I would add just one thing. I will represent you and only you. Right. Yeah. So I want I, them to understand I, the value in that. Exactly. I'm a buyer agent. I would represent you and your best interest if you decided to make an offer on this property. Listing agent's name only works for the seller and their best interests. Right. And again, when Dale and I are saying this, agency is different in every state. Like I've been licensed in four states. It's an agency's different. So we understand we're making generalizations about agency. But at the end of the day, I'm 100% sure of this. The listing agent works for the seller. Now, whether there's dual agency, transaction broker, whatever kind of things go on in your state, at the end of the day, they always work for the seller. And I want you to, and this is some things to say about that. One of the things that people don't understand, well, don't you represent me too? Wouldn't the listing agent represent me too? Yes, technically they do. But please understand that they're more worried about the seller than they are you. I'm sorry, that's just true. And it is because I don't want to lose the listing. I'd much rather lose a buyer than lose a listing. And I'm just, you know, be honest with people about that. It's really true. Now, you know, hopefully the people watching this are extremely ethical and they'll do our best in, in every dual agency situation, but they work for the, that. And so um, I, I want to address this real quick before we finish up. So you are working for listing agent name. What is the best way? No, uh, that's not it. I'm not working for the listing agent. We don't do sub-agency anymore, at least not in any state that I'm aware no, of. No, I think she missed, what she's saying is if the consumer shows up, they thought they were meeting with the listing agent and then they mm -hmm. say, oh, so you buyer agent that I met with, you're working, you're the listing agent, right? So she's saying, oh. what happens when I get on site? And they're like, wait a minute, I thought I was working with the listing agent. You're not the listing agent kind of situation. Got it. Absolutely. I, I completely appreciate that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any, any part that I played in that. That wasn't my intent. With that in mind, no, I'm a, I work with buyers in this situation. And you know, one of the things that we think is really important is each person in their transaction gets represented by the person. With all that in mind, why don't we go look at the house and if you like it, we can figure out where to go from there. Because yes, exactly. 
I want to build some rapport with this person before I start to try to close this objection because they're frustrated and irritated potentially that the listing agent isn't there. So, you know what? I'm so sorry about that. Why don't we go look at the house and then we'll figure out all the logistical stuff later. So yeah. you've disclosed agency, you do not work for the seller and then you go through to show the house. So Chris McDonough writes, Hey Chris, uh, I always make sure they know the listing agent has already committed to get the seller the best price possible. So they cannot promise you the same. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have some scripts around that. And, and here's the thing. You'll get people who only want to work with the listing agent. But you know what? I've converted a heck of a lot of those people who said, I only want to work with the listing agent. It's okay. And the reason I've converted a lot of them is because I was the listing agent. They didn't like my property. And then I flipped it on its head and said, you know what? We like each other. We get along. Uh, and I'm really good at helping buyers buy houses. Why don't we do that instead? You know, so it's a real, it's really important to understand how to do that. You can get so much more business by being able to convert that person who only wants to work with the listing agent. So, yeah, and maybe we, we probably do an entire class on how, how to overcome that objection. We but. will, we should put that on the old cash call topic list uh, for something to talk about. Uh, I would, uh, Eric uh, line writes, I would, uh, I would ask, would you seek the advice from your soon-to-be ex-wife's divorce attorney? Thank you, Eric. On that note, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up cash call for today, as we are already over by seven minutes. What do you think, Brian? I can't let that go, Eric. <laughs> I love you. You're a great follower of our thing, and you give you have a lot of great input. That's something that people said twenty years ago. It's a very old school, Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross type of clothes. Don't say that. It's going to piss people off. Eric writes in the chat, I'm 58, dude. You know what? Get I'm Eric fi- some more I'm coffee. 50. Get <laughs> Eric some more coffee because he's a closer. Closers for Coffee's for closers, right, Eric? There you go. Right. We got a little Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross going on, man. Yes. I appreciate that. It it it, yes. it will work some of the time, but it's a very much an old school tactic. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining cash call today richard lark and we love you too eric uh we love you too thanks for chatting in everybody we'll see you all next week thanks everybody